The Ideal Order by Christoph Bartnick All characters appearing in this work are fictitious. Any resemblance to real persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. To be highly organised is, I should fancy, the object of man's existence. A quote from Oscar Wilde, The Picture of Dorian Gray. Part 1 No, you can't buy any more Lego. Why don't you build your old sets first? Oh, but these new Arctic sets are so cool, and the children will love them. I looked again at the toy brochure that had come with the mail this morning. The girls and I had studied every page carefully. Studying the new offerings and discounts of the local toy shop was our weekly ritual. Little Poppy loved the 60062 set with the Huskies and Camellia had her eyes on the 60036 home base. Camellia would usually favour the largest set since she knew Dad's weak spot and had a better understanding of money than her younger sister. You are a grown man, Robert. Do not waste all this money on toys. You already have more than enough bricks. The annoyance in her voice tinted my heart with sadness. I looked down on the breakfast table, trying to evade Marky's gaze and trying to hide my melancholy. Marky didn't share my naive pleasure of playing with Lego. She hadn't grown up with it and couldn't feel the distant memory of a happy childhood. Now that I had children myself, my own fascination with the brick had returned. Marky's emphasis on me being a grown-up only meant the opposite. We'd been married for far too long for me not to pick up on these subtle jibes. But there was another reason why sadness slipped into my heart. I enjoyed playing with Lego with my daughters. It had been difficult for me to engage with the girls by playing with dolls or role-playing school. I truly loved the two, but dressing dolls and participating in tea parties challenged my patience. Though the girls could not yet articulate their frustration, they certainly sensed my disinterest. It was no fun playing dolls with Daddy. But when the bricks were out, the tables turned. Daddy was full of enthusiasm and the girls were sometimes more happy about being able to play with me than the actual Lego models. I enjoyed connecting with the girls, but Marky's criticism was as effective as a 6.30 bricks separator in separating them. I shook my head and tried to put my feelings aside. Marky was right. I did have a lot of bricks and I could indeed build all my old models with the girls before buying new ones. I had kept the building instructions and all the bricks were in the big plastic container. I swallowed my pride. You're right, Marky, I could build those models. Maybe you can help me first, cleaning up the table? Uh, of course. We cleared the table and brought all the dishes to the kitchen. The children had already left the table and were playing in the living room. Marky opened the dishwasher and randomly put cups and plates inside. I observed the scene inside. <sighs> when Marky returned to the table to pick up the remaining plates, I stepped forward and reordered the dishes, putting all the large plates in the bottom right rack, the pots in the bottom back and the small plates in the bottom left rack. The cups went into the top left, the bowls right next to them, glasses on the right and the large knives in the gaps. Everything went into the optimal spot, maximising the number of items in the machine while ensuring that the water jets would reach them all. Marky returned to the kitchen and observed my actions without words, but her face spoke volumes. Here she goes again. She'll probably give me the is anything I ever do ever good enough for you scene. This isn't a big thing, nothing to make a big fuss about. I'm not trying to humiliate you. 
Maki's shoulder tightened and her face relaxed. She put the last plates down on the kitchen counter with a marginally but distinctly louder <coughs> clang than necessary. You might think that I didn't notice the clang, but I did. And I know what it means. I just didn't dare to react. She left the kitchen, walked by the girls who were playing in the living room and entered her bedroom. I could hear her falling onto the double bed. She's probably going to escape into her Facebook feed. I put the remaining dishes into the machine, cleaned the counter, wiped the table, washed the cloth and hung it over the tap to dry. Then I dried my hands with the kitchen towel and hung it back onto the oven's handlebar. Is Maki still on Facebook? She left me with all the kitchen work. I walked through the living room. Poppy and Camellia were role-playing school. Camellia was, of course, the teacher and little Poppy the student. A smile flashed over my face as I passed into the entrance corridor. The door to the bedroom stood ajar and I peeked into the room. Maki laid with her back on the bed, holding her phone into the air, using her thumb to scroll through eternity. Are you finished reading the interweb? Hmm. Is everything okay? Hmm. I didn't know what to do. How could I make the reality of our relationship more appealing than her Facebook universe? My shoulders fell down. I slowly put my right foot across the left, turned around my body, and left foot followed my intended path. I returned to the living room, but the smile would not reappear on my face. Camellia looked at me. Can you play with us? You can be the teacher. I'm not sure if I would be a good teacher. You can also be a student. Maybe we could play something else. Like what? I do have some great Lego models we could build. Are you sure? Well, yes, just let me get the box and the instructions. I walked to the garage and picked up the large plastic box that contained all my bricks. The unique sounds of the bricks rattling in the box filled me with anticipation. I put the box down in the middle of the living room and returned to the garage for the binder with the instructions. They were in the shelf right next to the binder containing the instructions for the various machines and devices in the house. <laughs> in a tidy house, nothing gets lost. I walked back to the living room, sat down in front of the plastic box and opened the binder on top of it. The girls made their way over to me and looked curiously at all the illustrations that I unfolded in front of them. Camellia? Poppy? What do you want to build? I'm not sure. That's all boy stuff. Well, these are Star Wars sets. We watched the movies before and you liked it. Look at this cool 7140 X-Wing fighter. I bought them when they were just released. Hmm. Okay, Daddy. We can try, Daddy. It's going to be fun, girls. Here's page one. What bricks do we need? My eyes filled with nostalgia. I'd bought this model back in 1999. George Lucas had just released Star Wars Episode One, and the Lego company, for the first time in their history, had caved in and bought a license from another franchise. I had been on a vacation when I first noticed the new Lego Star Wars sets in the shelves of a toy store, and I simply could not resist this unholy marriage that would deplete my wallet for many years to come. But that was a long time ago, and all those models had been built, admired, disintegrated and stored. I looked at the open box full of bricks, Somewhere in there was a complete X-Wing fighter. I only had to find the bricks. All right, first we need the minifigures. Camellia, can you look for Skywalker? And Poppy, can you find R2-D2? Their hands dived into the box, swirling around, enjoying the loud rattle they produced. For a while, the noise was the main attraction for the girls, and I had to remind them to look for the minifigures. 
Poppy dug up a handful of bricks from the bottom of the box. Stop it, Poppy! You're messing up my spot! I can't find anything this way! You stop it. I have to get to my bricks. I think I saw the robot down there. Poppy! Take your hands out of there. That's my area. Girls, wait. I have an idea. I got up and returned with a large white bedsheet. I spread it out on the floor, took the box and emptied it on top. Marky may not like a middle-aged man still with full hair, but certainly with too much padding around his waist, spending all his money on expensive plastic toys. I always explained that I bought the Lego sets for the girls, but to her it was clear that I only served myself. I knew that she wants to fly to Sydney for all of her shopping needs and she would drag us to the museums, the opera, every restaurant in the city centre. As we dug through the mountain of bricks, the initial peak slowly eroded into a lake of colours and shapes. I found him! I found him! Oh, great job! Let me have a look. Whoa, this is Big's Darklighter, not Luke Skywalker, but we need him too. Why can't I find the robot? Well, just keep looking, you'll find him. They continued to plough through the bricks until I discovered Luke in his bright orange jacket and gave it to Camellia. Poppy continued to search but got increasingly distracted by other bricks. Look, Daddy, this brick has a face on it. Yeah, th- that's great, Poppy. How long do we have to search? Well, until we find it. Hmm. Uh, look, Poppy, what's that over there? R2-D2, Daddy. You found it. No, you found it. What do we do with them? Well, we need to build the X-Wing and put them into it. Here, step one. We need a grey 4x6 plate. Can you help me find it? Here it is. Maybe I search for the parts and you put them together. What's next? Step two required four black round 2x2 plates with rounded bottoms. I hunted right away while the girls patiently waited with the grey plate in their hands. It took me more than a minute to find the first one and even longer to find the remaining three. Finding black bricks was difficult because I could barely make out their shape in the pile. The girls put the bricks together but their patience with me finding the right bricks wore thin. They started to browse aimlessly around the bricks. At times a brick would catch their attention for a little while but they'd quickly throw it back into the pile. I noticed that the girls were starting to get bored and hurried to find the parts. This isn't working. Surprising how long it takes me to find anything. Either I underestimated the number of bricks I own, or I overestimated my searching ability. I'm going to go see what Mummy's doing. I'm going to join you. But we're not ready. Well, you keep on searching for the bricks and we'll be back. Is that okay, Daddy? Yeah, okay. The girls got up and left the living room. I remained hunched over the building instructions and the partly assembled model. Why is it so difficult to find those damn parts? I'll never be able to put my old models back together. It'll take forever. It's so much easier to buy a new model since all the parts I need are right there in neatly separated bags. Maybe I can ask Marky to buy some more sets. No, no, she'd certainly not agree to that. But why would I have to ask her? I tried to stand up, but a wave of pain washed over my knees. Oh, my God! How long did I sit cross-legged? I got on all fours before lifting myself up, stumbling a bit before I was able to walk safely to the kitchen. Time for some tea. I put water in the kettle and switched it on, filled loose green tea into the tea bag and placed it into the pot. I stared out of the kitchen window while my mind drifted off. If I ever 
want to build anything, then I will need to reduce the time it takes to find those damn bricks. The girls won't have enough endurance to search for them and not enough patience with me finding the bricks for them. The only way to reduce the retrieval time would be to sort them up front, but that would also take forever. The water started to boil and the kettle switch clanked into the off position. I poured the water into the pot, holding the tea bag in my other hand, then jammed the bag between the pot and its lid. I would only have to sort the bricks once and from there on we could build all the models. What alternative is there? It's Sunday anyway and I have no other plans, unless Marky intends to go somewhere. I took a cup from the shelf and filled it with the light green tea. The scented steam fogged my glasses as I put the cup to my lips. The hot pleasure of the grassy taste filled my mouth. It was an excellent sencha tea that Maki's mother had sent from Japan. The tea lifted my spirits and I decided to give it a try. I walked back to the garage, passing by the master bedroom. The children had cuddled up to Maki and all three stared through a tiny window in the internet. I found four empty boxes, two made of plastic with a lid and two cardboard boxes. I took them back to the living room and sat down. What now? How am I going to sort them? There are far too many shapes. I could sort them by colour, but I only have five boxes in total. Maybe I could put all the reds into one. I seem to have a lot of those. My hand started to fly over the Lego lake, quickly picking up red bricks. When I picked one up, I first stored it in my palm before I threw the whole handful into one of the plastic boxes. With the speed of a woodpecker, I collected the red bricks as they were easy to spot. Attracted by the noise, Camellia poked her head through the living room door. What are you doing? I'm sorting the bricks. Why? So we can find them easily. Can I help? Sure, just grab a box and put all the green bricks in it. Camellia sat down and started to throw green bricks into a box. Wasn't long before Poppy walked in and joined the hunt. Poppy, why don't you sort out all the blue bricks? Okay. For a while we were absorbed by the task and the girls made it a game of who could collect bricks the fastest. Then Poppy picked up a big bluish green 4x6 plate. Poppy, you're cheating! That's a green brick and it belongs in my box! No, that's blue, it's mine! It's not true! That's green and it's mine, you're cheating! I am not cheating, don't say that! Daddy, that's green, isn't it? Well, well I'm, I'm not certain. Daddy, that's blue! No, green! Girls, girls, calm down! Maybe we can put it aside for a little while until we figure this out. With angry grimaces, the girls put aside the plate and the sorting went on. But the good spirit was gone. Maki eventually emerged from her bed. What are you doing? We're sorting the bricks. I'm not cheating. Why are you doing this? It will take all day. Well, so we can find the bricks easily. Otherwise, it takes far too long to search. I made some fresh tea if you want some. Yes, thanks. We continued all morning and I had to find more boxes for all the major colours. Only occasionally a discussion broke out whether a certain colour should go into one box or another. They were added to a special miscellaneous box. It surprised me that there was a discussion at all. Most toys, including Lego, used primary colours, so it should have been clear cut. But even with Lego colours, every now and then a dispute could erupt. Marky remained absent and I heard her starting to cook lunch around midday. I could hear the pouring of the rice into the rice cooker, the cutting of vegetables and the stir-frying. An irresistible smell of Japanese curry started to float into the living room. 
Maki was a good cook. She had inherited this skill from her mother. But she only really started cooking once she had moved out from her parents. Lunch is ready. The chicken tastes funny. This is beef, and you have to eat it. I spend a lot of time in the kitchen cooking, so you have to eat it. But I don't like it. Uh, maybe she could eat the veggies. No, she needs to eat the whole dish. Maki glared at me and I looked down timidly. We continued to eat in silence. Poppy focused on the rice, the vegetables and the sauce, carefully inspecting every spoon before putting it into her mouth. Camellia nervously moved around on her chair. She sensed the tension in the air. Daddy, can we build some Lego after lunch? Yes, that'll be fun. Hey, Poppy, would you like to join us? Okay, but Camellia is not allowed to cheat. Nobody will be cheating. We finished our meal and the children took off while Maki and I cleared the table. Maki placed the dishes on top of the dishwasher. I didn't think twice about it and started to put them in, continuing my rigid pattern from before. You go and build your Lego with the girls. I will finish the kitchen. Oh, okay, thanks. Our gazes met. She was much smaller than me, with beautiful shiny black hair, a cute smile and lips that stirred up a desire in me. When we hugged my chin would comfortably rest on the top of her head. I enjoyed such moments, but they were far too rare. I took another long look at her before leaving for the living room. I sat down with the girls and we continued with step 10. They needed two black 2x2 two two plates with toe balls. I started to search in the box with the black parts, but finding the right bricks was now even worse than before. It was practically impossible to find a specific black shape in the whirling black chaos of the box. I stared at the box. Girls, I think this is not working. I still can't find the pieces. But we sorted them. Well, I know, but I just can't see the right pieces. Maybe you can play something else for a little while. I I need to think this through. Can you play with us? I looked at the hopeful eyes of my daughters. I did not want to disappoint them, but this sorting issue had completely frustrated me. I'd wasted a lot of time on sorting the bricks, which had turned out to be useless. The frustration felt like a heavy weight around my neck, dragging me to the floor. I, I could not lift myself up. No, girls, I, I think I need to rest for a little while. But it's much more fun with you. I'm sorry, I, I can't play right now. You are not going to leave all that Lego there, are you? No, I'll clean it up. What the heck? The boxes are in the middle of the room, in the way of everybody. Of course I'll put them away eventually. I mean, why do you even think that you have to point that out? I closed all the plastic boxes and stacked all of them up against the wall. Then, feeling completely depleted, I went into the guest bedroom. I'd become the permanent guest in this room. We'd stopped sleeping in the same bed a long time ago. I fell onto the bed, closing my eyes. I felt a weight on my chest that pushed my lungs into my stomach. I desired Marky, but our relationship had become like a Whitaker's 72% cocoa dark chocolate block. The taste of the cocoa beans triggers memories of the sweet milk chocolate, but the strong, bitter taste dominates the tongue. I remembered the playful and affectionate days with Marky, but the bitter blocks weighing on our relationship dragged us down. It had become almost too bitter to bear, but even a very dark chocolate is still chocolate. Making our relationship work seemed at least as difficult as sorting every last Lego brick. The mountain of work in front of me filled me with despair. 
I wanted to feel good again, any kind of positive sensation. I walked back to the fridge in the kitchen and broke off four pieces of the Whitaker's white macadamia chocolate. I knew that I would come back for more, but I had to at least try to limit my consumption. The sweetness filled my mouth and calmed me down. Chocolate had become one of the few pure moments of joy in my life. I had tried pure cocoa beans in a chocolate museum once and I was surprised how incredibly bitter they were. I could understand why cocoa beans were not particularly popular at the beginning of the 16th century. It did require a considerable amount of sugar to compose the delightful taste of the chocolate. This necessary sweetness had nearly disappeared from my connection to Marky. The afternoon continued in its melancholic Sunday mood. I answered an email or two. Marky went grocery shopping and the girls watched some sweet procure on TV until the afternoon sky started to darken. Poppy walked to the kitchen. I'm hungry. Can I eat something? Why don't you eat a snack? I want one too. Yes, Camellia, you can have one too. I'm hungry too. What are you going to cook? Why don't you eat a snack as well? If I eat a snack now, I won't be hungry for dinner. Then cook your own dinner. I would like to, but you consider my dishes to be prison food. Because that is what they are. Potatoes, overcooked vegetables and a lump of meat. Look, we're all hungry. Why don't you cook now and we'll, and we'll all eat, well, once it's ready. I do not feel like cooking. I will order some takeout food. Fine. Can we order now? No, first the children will get a snack. Marky took out a packet of chips and a cookie from the pantry and gave it to the girls. Fear was written on their faces as they sneaked out of the kitchen. Hey, order whatever you want. I returned to the guest room, closed the door with utmost control. Without words, I picked up a pillow and shot it across the room. I stopped, but the heat in my chest had not evaporated. I knelt in front of the bed. Over and over, I raised my arms into the air and slammed them down, and with every punch I exchanged a handful of anger with despair. I felt like a rope tightened around my neck, and the pain forced me to gasp for air. I tried to keep the pain contained, but the onslaught of cold heat that flowed from my chest through my neck into the back of my mouth was overpowering. Tears appeared in my eyes as my howling turned into weeping. I didn't want the girls to hear me cry, so I, I pressed my face deep into a pillow. When the food arrived, they all sat at the table. Marky tried to lighten the mood by cheerfully talking to the children, but I only spoke when necessary. My dark mood could not be turned. Marky undressed the children while I cleaned the table and the kitchen before returning to the guest room. I listened to the joyous sounds of Poppy and Camellia playing in the bathtub as I stared into the vacuum above my head. Then I heard the water rushing out from the tub, the hairdryer and Poppy asking for her pyjamas. I closed my eyes. The doorknob turned insecurely. Daddy, are you okay? I'm, I'm just tired. Camellia crossed the room and snuggled close to me. She saw the red around my eyes and I could make out the concern in the depth of her dark brown eyes. Look, I'm okay and I love you. I love you too. I didn't want to let go of the steady hug that followed. Come on, I'll tuck you in. We walked across the corridor into the children's room where Poppy was already arranging her stuffed animals on the top bunk. Marky cleared the floor of the dirty clothes and took them to the laundry basket. Once she had left the room, I knelt and gently covered Camellia with the blanket. 
Now keep your legs and arms inside, otherwise you'll get cold during the night. I will. Sleep tight, my big girl. Have a wonderful dream. Daddy, can you stop fighting with Mummy? I, I will try. I love you, Princess Bunny Hop. I love you too, Daddy. I wish we could play more Lego. Yeah, me too. Maybe tomorrow. Now you need to sleep. Marky entered the room and kissed the girls goodnight while I waited at the light switch. Marky passed me and escaped straight to her room. I turned off the light and left the door slightly ajar. I stood in the corridor for a moment, waiting for any chatter from the girls, but they remained silent. I started to notice the pain that pulsed up from my shoulders into my neck. I tried to relax my shoulders and walked into the bathroom. I hung the two wet towels back onto the hooks at the door and opened the cabinet. The box of paracetamol was already half empty. I washed down too with the water from the cup that tasted like toothpaste. I am done. I brushed my teeth, changed into my pyjamas and closed my door. Marky would probably be up late and she could turn off the lights in the house. I felt completely exhausted but sleep would not come easy. The thoughts in my mind rotated like a grinding stone. I picked up my phone from the table, 9.12pm. The red badge on the mail icon threatened me with 23 new email messages. No, opening them now would just make it worse. Marky is probably watching some Japanese drama episodes on the iPad. In the past we had watched English TV shows together, but these days she preferred to watch her very own shows. She justified her preference for watching the shows by herself by claiming that this was the only time during the day that she had for herself. No more cooking, preparing lunchboxes, doing homework and, most of all, no more grumpy husband. I selected my favourite audiobook and the story demanded my attention. It denied me thoughts of my own while the monotonous narrator lulled me to sleep.